Everybody, welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah. Um, right. Hope hope everyone had a happy Hari Raya weekend. Mm, mm. Was it a yeah. was it a very uh, lively weekend for you? Like. Uh, uh, was it were the streets bustling and everything? Not really, not really. Not really. Yeah. yeah, I felt it was a bit quieter, if anything. Yeah, in, a like lot of places I went weren't packed or anything. Yeah, yeah, like nothing out of the ordinary, like, like nothing made me feel like, hey, this weekend is like unlike other weekends. Mm, mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and but I guess like, maybe because people are celebrating and they're spending time with family, like, rather than being out and all that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. or maybe like I know some companies have long weekends. Some companies mm. have Monday off, or some businesses have Monday uh, off. So this is two long weekends in a row, no? If you are mm. from said company, yeah, yeah. And next week is a long weekend, also, right? Yeah, I just found out this weekend. Yeah, I totally, I totally forgot it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that, I guess that's one of the things about like uh doing your own thing where I always lose track of public holidays. Mm, um mm. and and yeah i realized it this weekend but but yeah that's going to be happening next week but for this week we're still in town yes we're still chugging along yeah um bit of a slower news week i guess yeah man does it feel? what yeah. is going on <laughs> even today just like last week's episode it was a uh, really had to dig deep man really mm. had to dig deep yeah and today we're digging even deeper right uh i guess so yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, and, yeah. Well, I mean, before we jump to all that, like, uh, what's the one plug that we always have to do? Um, to tell our dear listeners that if you are listening to this for the first few times or for a long ass time, if you do enjoy the podcast, and if you haven't yet told at least one other person about it, it'd be great if you could, because uh, mm. our listeners and community has grown organically. I think mainly through word of mouth. Uh, mm. so. If your mouths could carry on doing, uh, giving more words, that would be great. Mm, mm, that's right. Nothing, nothing does does uh better for this podcast than word of mouth. Word of mouth, exactly. Yeah. Was it an alley-oop, Was it an alley-oop that you were setting up for yourself? Uh, no, not really. Actually, it's just it's just a, a figure of speech. Because uh. I mean, yeah. in some way, the first story is about people who uh hopefully have a lot of words in their mouth. Ah. Uh, Okay, okay, I see what you did there. I thought I you were, you, you were, yeah, you, you <laughs> threw the alley without even knowing now. No, no like, yeah, it was, it's a very, very, it's much more, very innocent uh, statement, nothing more than that, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. But yes. Uh, but, but yes, the, the first topic we are diving into is the fact that after the submission window for nominated member of parliament positions ended uh, last Wednesday at 4.30pm, um, it was revealed that only 30 names have been put up for consideration, which is the lowest number since 2001. Mm, that's right. Since 2001. Yeah. Uh, for example, the last time there was a round of nominations back in 2020, there were 61 nominations. Mm. Um, and in 2016, there were 41. In 2018, yeah. there were 48. Yeah. Now it is uh, only 30. Mm. Um, so, actually, so there's been yeah yeah, but for people who maybe don't know our political system or parliamentary system very well like what is an NMP la? Like, right versus mm. what versus the people who are elected into parliament you know the, the ministers the MPs that you see uh, often giving speeches on TV what does a nominated member of parliament do and how does it differ um, so basically an NMP is a member of the Singapore Parliament, uh, but mm. who is appointed by the president. They are mm. not affiliated by any political uh, to any political party and they do not represent any constituency at all. Mm. Um, and as of now, there are nine NMPs in parliament. Mm. So, so in terms yeah. of nominations, when you say that there are 30 nominations or, or people, 30 people have been nominated, it means that not they haven't actually been selected by the president yet, lah. Right. Yes, correct. They haven't. Mm. They haven't been selected. Um, what will happen after this is that they will be 
they will be um, interviewed by a select committee um, mm. and uh, it's headed by the Speaker of the House, Tan Chuan Jin. So mm. basically, uh, a special select committee uh, will interview and consider all an eligible candidates and nominate up to nine for the president to appoint as NMPs. Mm. So mm. there's it's the, the chairperson is Tan Chuan Jin, uh, but on the panel are also the Minister of Education Chan Chun Singh, uh, Gan Kim Yong, Vivian Balakrishnan, Indrani Raja, mm. um, of uh, Maliki Osman, Gan Xiaohang, and Leon Pereira. So mm, mm. mainly PAP MPs and one opposition. Mm. But do uh, NMPs, do they have any bite in terms of uh, what they can you know vote on and, and speak about and all that? Um, actually, they can. They can participate in all debates they can mm. vote on all issues except amendments to the constitution. Mm. So, so mm. like um, recently, you know, like the definition of marriage and all, um, yeah. uh, that one they couldn't. They can't yeah. uh, vote on issues or motions relating to public funds mm. Um, mm. and uh, of removing the president from office. Mm. Yeah. So, so basically, it's a, I guess you could say it's a, you know, slightly defanged uh Elected MP, la, kind of, right? Slightly, uh, la, slightly they, different. They, they yeah. got a little bit less uh, say and everything. But but I think uh, it was first introduced by Go Chok Tong mm. uh, in 1990, right? Mm. Uh, as, a means to, as a means to provide more diverse viewpoints in parliament, la, which at that point in time was very dominated by by one party, the PAP, la, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a uh, I, I that that was the original objective of uh you know introducing NMPs in Parliament, uh which which I don't know there are criticisms criticisms of that which we will get to, but uh yeah, what when you saw this like why was this even something that was newsworthy to you? Um, maybe because it's a slow news week, so even the journalists are like, what the <laughs> fuck are we going to write about? Um, so but also because I think I think they, it does signal or it could signal a few different things. Uh, mm. I know one theory pushed out by people online and some experts is that uh, maybe it's because generally there's a feeling that there is more opposition voices. There are more opposition voices in parliament right now. Mm. You know, thanks to social media and all that. So the the need for NMPs to look out for other things uh, and provide an opposition voice is, is less. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and this kind of plays into, yeah. I think, the early days of the NMP program and everything. Mm. Uh, there were criticisms la, that this NMP is this NMP uh, system is basically, uh, you know, giving people a false sense of security that uh, you wouldn't actually need to vote any uh, anyone else besides the PAP to power, la, right? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think the opposition was constantly saying that, criticizing it, saying that. Uh, it's a convenient excuse to say, oh, uh, yeah, if you want diverse voices in parliament, here, there's this NMP program. That means you don't have, you can still vote in your PAP uh, politicians. But if you want diverse voices, here, here, you know, diverse voices in parliament. Uh, so you don't have to vote for opposition and risk your future and all. So I think that was a lot of the initial criticisms of it. Uh, but, um, mm. you know, it's been, what, two, three decades almost uh, mm. of the system in place and all. Um, generally, what what is your perception of this uh, the NMP system? Ah, uh, so okay, on paper, theoretically, like if you ask me, uh, after reading through and understanding the history, you know, I can see the the need for it, and I can see the benefit, and I actually think, hey, actually, that's an interesting idea because um, you also get representatives who are selected by say the arts community, the mm. environmental uh environmental community, and they at least have some represent representation in in parliament like, because i mean a lot of people might have their opinions on policy but to become a politician is a is your is your life like, you know mm. um so we i know there's one complaint that we often hear even in our industry that we don't have enough actual practitioners of media in the positions mm. that make the decisions like. mm. so this is an opportunity to get them into parliament but then when i think about um Okay, so who are some NMPs that I can think of just off the top of my head? Uh, mm. Of course, there is Calvin Cheng, ex-NMP. Yep. Uh, there is Mark Che, the ex-swimmer. Mm. Um, and... Walter Teixeira. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Economist. So, yeah, economist. So those are the three who I know of 
either from reading their posts or see clips. But then I was thinking, who, who else? Do you, so, mm. so for you, do you know? Can you recall any NMPs? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, there, there, there are a couple that I also named in the news article. Let, let me just pull it up. Like Antia Ong, mm. who, you know, I, I definitely do remember as well as uh, is it Q Q Sam Hong? Is it? Is is that his name? Uh, Perhaps. Yeah, Q. I, I could be butchering the mm. Siu Kam Hong. Sorry, Siu Kam Hong. <laughs> Q Q Samhong, yeah. That's like calling me Tarish Hilani. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I I do remember him uh, speaking up on a lot of uh, key issues, especially when it relates to like you know uh, human rights and stuff like that as well, lah. Mm. So I I do think NMPs have made their presence felt in the past uh, twenty to thirty years, um, and and in some ways because yeah, like what you said, they actually have to be. Um, nominated to represent the arts community or whatever community that they're they're representing, right? Mm. Um, they they everyone has to kind of in everyone within the community kind kind of has to come to a consensus about who to push or who to back for this for this particular role. Yeah. Because I do remember a few years ago, um, you know, receiving emails and messages from a couple of people that I know from the media community who were trying to. Be the media slash arts NMP as well, mm. and uh, yeah, so they they actually had to you know um get on calls and explain their stances about things and what they will be speaking about in parliament, and then they also got to uh, a little bit like uh, how you know in school uh, canvassing to join the school council and stuff like that used to be like right mm. uh, almost like the pseudo popularity contest and and you know, but uh yeah, so the, the fact that there is that element of having to canvas from support within the community I think it actually you know it makes them a bit more legit as representatives of the community as well right yeah yeah um, but ultimately from just now what you mentioned all the names uh, the names have to be vetted by uh, the politicians and mm. ultimately signed off by the president uh, him or herself right yeah so yeah. there is a very strict vetting process in place so not just anyone can become an NMP uh, do you think you could possibly be an NMP as well one day? Uh, I think I could, but I don't know how good I would be at it. <laughs> Why? Eh? Uh, because I do think I care about stuff. Um, mm. I have opinions on stuff and we've been in the media for quite a while. Uh, been through a whole bunch of things and mm. there are a lot of issues that we have lobbied the powers that be at IMDA and all to change uh, and mm. got nowhere with. So mm. I think, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, the, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know whether I will, I will be able to, to do much change within Vela. Um, so it's your criticism of the system or of your, yourself or what? I think myself, like just the nature of the role. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Especially because right now, you know, we have our podcast. We are, we do have um, a, a community. We do have people who somewhat care about the things we say. So it really mm. feels like, okay, we, we can get our messages out. Um, yeah. And we can do it from like our bedrooms. Whereas <laughs> mm, mm, mm. you know, the, the NMP, I don't know. Like, like um, I think, so I don't think it's the, it's the system itself. I think it's just whether people are suited to the role. Or, like, what about you? If you had to answer that question. Uh, I think I can't, yeah. Because I think it requires you to play within the rules a lot mm. and stay within the sandbox. And and the, I mean, first and foremost, it requires you to be approved by this bunch, a uh, group of people who, you know, you you might have very differing views about life in general with this this bunch of people. Yeah, and you know, based on their personal uh, their personal uh, interests and biases or that, they might not uh, want you as an NMP as well, like, Right. Uh, mm. depending on who's in, who's in the committee and all that. So just the whole process of getting approved by a very small select group of individuals who are already in parliament and have their own agendas. And they they have their agenda. Everyone in parliament has an agenda, right? Mm. So this small group of people who has their own agenda and then you have to go in and you can you must play by the rules. You can't, you, can't, you know, not to say you want to go in there and burn the place down or break any rules or what, right? But it's a, I think it, 
politics requires a lot of finessing, you know, between human relationships and and using words and, and soft power and stuff like that, which uh yeah, it's not I don't think it's really my personality to do that kind of thing. Yeah. But Terrence, imagine how proud your parents will be, you know. Of course. Instead of, course, of, of course. like speaking into yeah. a mic uh <laughs> with no audience in front of you, you'll be yeah. in parliament, no bro. Yeah, yeah Imagine yeah. like the newspaper article, seeing your mom, yeah. like my mom also see well, like, wow, finally. Finally. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, the other thing, the other flip side of it, right, which I don't think it's mentioned article, but I, I think it's worth mentioning, is that NMPs, despite the fact that you practically, I mean, you're, by right, your role is supposed to just basically, it's basically like being part of parliament, right? Mm. NMPs, the allowance of NMP is much, much lower than an elected MP. Yeah. It's 15, 15% of what a, what an elected member of parliament gets as an allowance. So mm. I think it comes up to annually it comes up to twenty eight thousand nine hundred dollars, which is about uh, annually. Do, annually, so if I do my calculations correctly, it's oh. two thousand two thousand four hundred dollars a month, right? So two thousand four hundred dollars oh, a month. Fuck, really? To do, yeah, to do what? To do what? MPs, elected MPs who get you know whatever fifteen thousand dollars. I can't remember the exact figure. Fifteen thousand dollars a month to do, but they still claim they still a lot of them still say it's not enough. I need to find another job outside. So to be given only fifteen percent of what they do, and then, uh, all all that comes with being a, a member of parliament, right? Where you have to, you know, have appearance. You ha- you have to make time every every month to attend parliament. You have to be a public figure. You have to answer to media inquiries. You have you have to answer to constituents within your community. Let's say if you represent a media arts community and all that, that's a lot to ask uh, for someone to do. Outside of their day job, you know, for two thousand four hundred dollars a month, right? Um, so oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that it should be motivated by money, because then then I think that's a perversion of what what the whole thing is supposed to be, like, Right? But the truth is, it, uh, you sacrifice. You, there is sacrifices involved, like involved in be- becoming a public figure, involved in having to you know give speeches, craft policies. Or of course, there's there's uh, upsides as well. There are, there are intangible upsides, like you know. Your your profile and 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 who knows what else comes with being a public figure, like, right? Uh, but I I do feel that that one thing is that the cost of it seems uh you know disproportionately higher than than the immediate benefit that can come to you as a person, uh. mm, Yeah, for some reason mm. I thought it was a lot higher, but I got mixed up with how much MPs make. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, MPs make a pretty healthy allowance, like, right? For for yeah. doing what they do. Yeah. And uh, as mentioned, you know, in recent times, we've we've spoken about Tin Peiling getting a job at Grab. A lot of the criticism comes from, huh? you know, all the amount of the allowance also not enough for you. Uh, you still need to find a job outside. But but that's actually a lot of MPs have they 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 don't do this full time uh, as a, as a job. So yeah, you can imagine for MPs, it's even uh, it's even a tougher call. Uh, yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. So yeah, man, I thought that was a <laughs> lot higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So does that Whoa. does that change things for you as well in terms of thinking about why people are not taking up the NMP position? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it puts a lot of context into why one criticism that you see on the internet is like, oh, you know, like what have NMPs done and all. Um because mm. ultimately like it's if you I mean if you really have an opinion about something, yeah, you debate there. But do you do you want to rock the boat there? Uh, mm. We all know mm. that in Parliament, if you fuck up and say something wrong, there could be repercussions, lah. You know, mm. Um, mm. Uh, be it your public image. Um, you know, now Parliament is especially so public. I think maybe that's another thing that that wasn't mentioned. It's people care so much more about Parliament right now. You know, mm. uh, there's so much on social media that goes around. If you fuck up in Parliament, even if you make a slip up or you blabber, you become mm. a meme. You know, so it's almost like if the compensation doesn't account for that. Previously, mm. when no one gave a shit in Parliament, when it wasn't available online, you say your stuff and it's all done in private, lah. You know. Yeah. But now it's like, wow, you become a public figure with. So so then, like, how much how how much can you ex like expect someone to want to risk also for providing an alternative opinion, lah? Mm mm mm. Yeah, I I think that's that's one thing that has changed since. The last uh, election or whatever, lah, right? The last nominated MP cycle is the I think the live streaming of Parliament. That's a it's a very big deal. The live yeah. streaming and the 
what's the term? Uh, social media media realization, social media realization of 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 uh, parliament like, in general. Like what mm. you said, memes, TikToks, and and you know all these little snippets. You fuck up a sentence, you dig your nose, you fall asleep. In parliament, all that comes back to haunt you via social media. So. Yeah, like, is it worth uh is it worth it like, right? You you really have to ask yourself. Because you think about the criteria as well, they they look for people who are have distinguished themselves. Uh they they want NMPs who have distinguished themselves in their fields of work, like, right? Whether in mm. public or private service or, or and all that. Um so if you've already done that, you've probably attained some level of recognition uh in in society or in your industry. Then do you want to further subject yourself to more scrutiny? After that, um, you know, for for you know, a role that doesn't really have as much bite as the as an elected MP role, right? Mm. Uh, and and not just the bite, but also the 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 carrot, lah, right? The carrot is is smaller, also. It's a much smaller carrot, fifteen percent, Yeah. So that to me is like, yeah, it's just a losing proposition. So I, I can un- totally understand why the applications are so few uh, not not so few uh, but have dipped so much since the last time really la. but but don't you think there is a sliver of the population that genuinely wants to uh, work on policy and it's really not about the money and I say that mm. because you know Singapore minister salaries are disproportionately higher than equivalent salaries in other countries right where mm. politics mm. I mean you don't get rich by becoming a politician just from your salary la, whatever mm. there's a lot that comes with it and yet there are you say so other, many, in other countries la, in other yeah countries. in other countries in other countries, other countries yeah yeah yeah, yeah right. in, in other countries so so yeah. there, there are still people who come forward and maybe there's that clout that comes with it la. so I mm. do mm. see uh, like the motivation I think it's still there uh, mm. f- uh, amongst people but then like the the desire to effect change and the desire to make Singapore better, lah. But mm. okay, like if if I had to say one big reason, my hypothesis is because it does feel like there are more voices in Parliament right now discussing a wider range of perspectives mm. and opinions. So it almost feels like, uh, okay, maybe the the NMP thing, like it's 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 not going to be as influential or as hypothetically influential as it could be, lah. But if you had to put like one reason why you think there's a dip, uh, one reason that I think there's yeah, a dip. one reason. I, I, I think just the trade-offs are not are not worth it anymore, lah. Like, like what I was mentioning earlier about you mm. know just becoming a public figure and exposing yourself, uh, to to criticism and a lot more that comes with being a member of parliament. I think uh maybe maybe relooking the fifteen percent cap on the on the compensation is a it's it's not it's not the it's not the solution but it's probably a start that right to better reflect uh that that you do value in NMP's contributions uh, right because I mean ultimately we're in Singapore Singapore is a place where money talks and the fact that NMP's are you know they're they're given a much not not about the money amount but they're just told that oh your your contribution is only fifteen percent of what an elected MP is. It's a bit of a slap in the face, like if you're if if you're sitting in parliament in the you know maybe even spending more time in parliament than some elected MPs and all that, right? Uh, of course, the argument is that you don't have you don't have constituents to take care of, like an elected MP. Mm. Uh, but I think it's still you know it's still a good amount of work to attend parliament to to you know uh to read material and to speak to people and all that as well. So maybe it starts with better recognizing the the efforts by. You know, even yeah, I maybe not fifteen percent, but even closer to like forty, fifty percent or something like that, right? You think that would change suddenly like fucking four thousand applicants? <laughs> <there. laughs> maybe, maybe who knows? Yeah, it becomes like oh, it's a job that you can apply. No, like, but, I, but I think yeah. the people who are nominated for it or, or get nominated to for it, uh, firstly, there's a very strict vetting process in place. Really, so I don't think I think they can weed out the people who are there purely for the money. Secondly. Uh, I think a lot of people who are nominated are pretty should be pretty. Uh, I won't say comfortable, but they they they're not like struggling and they're not looking for a job specifically, like, right? Yeah, yeah. They they are in a position where they they even within their own industries probably they have some influence, like, Because yeah. um, I think before the submissions from the public, there's seven functional functional groups designated by the constitution, uh, mm. business and industry. Uh, the professions, the labor movement, social service organizations, the civics and people sector, tertiary education institution, and media arts, 
uh, and sports organizations all su- submit names. Lah. Of course, you can nominate yourself. Mm. Um, but I mean, no, but, but if you think about it, right, you become an MP, you got a lot of other perks. Right? You can be like, you know, you're with your friends, you're like, hey, fuck guys, I got to go meet Sean. Lah. You know, just... Mm. Um, just have to discuss some stuff and after that I'm meeting uh, CJ uh. then they'll be like oh who Chuan Jin bro yeah that's, that's what <laughs> I, I got to I got to rush off how how baller how baller you know you can imagine people f- feel then you know like oh yeah meeting CJ first then Pritam after that you know I just want to want to get a range of opinions but that, it's a power that, play it's a flex uh. it's a flex uh, bro but if that's the barometer for feeling important <laughs> then then you must as well just start a podcast you know <laughs> you get then you have a podcast and you get guests on and you get to speak to MPs you get to speak to people as well right but then the podcast you still have to like create a lot of podcasts before they want to come on your podcast correct, right? correct. yeah you have to build up a track record but but to, I mean you. I would think it's more fulfilling also because yeah you're not you're not uh, subjecting yourself to to this uh, approvals process to be like an approved Almost like an approved vendor, you know, of the Singapore Parliament system, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, so, so it, I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I think it takes a certain kind of. Uh, that, that's why I think I wouldn't uh, be able to do well in that in that because uh, it takes a certain kind of temperament. It takes a certain kind of uh, playing, you know, staying within the the sandbox to in order to fulfill, uh, to do a role like this like, which I don't think I can do like, yeah. but think about it instead of just shitting on my ideas right you can shit mm. on more people's ideas no? how much you time you have to shit <laughs> it's so limited in all the time you had you prepare a speech and give your speech and someone makes a comment and okay they're moving on to the next topic already or what like, you know so yeah. how much time is there to do that you know <laughs> no, but like you know, like like amidst all the the kind of commentary right now online about whether or not the NMP uh, program still has has a place, I know some people mm. are saying the time that they, they will slap PAP back in the face will be when maybe there's there, there's less of a difference between the PAP seats and the opposition seats, uh, and NMPs actually will make the difference in votes. No, can you imagine mm. like a mm. policy that's like fifty. Uh, 45% uh, and 45% or like 47% and 43% and the last 10% is NMPs, like, you know? Yeah. Because it's nine yeah. seats, right? And and I mean, to in terms of the the most articulate uh, rebuttals and all, actually when Go Chok Tong pitched it in 1989, uh, mm. there was one PAP MP who spoke against it uh, mm. and it is Tan Cheng Bok. Mm, so Tan before Tan Cheng Tan Cheng got blocked uh, he tried to tanching block uh, uh, Go, uh, Go Chok Tong and like I mean I just found the the written excerpt of the exchange between him and Go Chok Tong and I mean he yeah. he, he put up a lot of uh, points like, and, and he said that he, he believes that the house the parliamentary house should be only uh, issues that should be debated by people who understand it best and there can always be a select committee outside of parliament that mm. the parliament can tap on la, for opinions and all. And yeah. um, apparently there was also a report that was done by uh, the head, the, the chief justice back then uh, that examined whether a council of nominated people called a council of state, which later became mm. the presidential council, should be part of parliament. And they concluded that it shouldn't be la, for, mm. for, for reasons um, uh, similar to what Tan Jing Bong said. La. So it's, it's quite a detailed Thing. And I mean, he is fucking eloquent, la, So that that's his speech, um, and and he was saying that you know the NMP scheme could lead to more polarization, and it's almost like a like what we mentioned earlier. It's an out for the incumbent to say, don't worry about opposition; they don't have that many seats. But here we provide a platform for alternative opinions through mm. the NMP scheme, la. But like what you yeah. said, it's defang, la. Yeah. So it's like a it's like having a mini speakers corner in parliament itself, la, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. To speak at the <laughs> corner, you have to corner. get you have to get approval from the police and a license from the police to go and speak in the corner. And then you also cannot say a lot of things when you're speaking in the corner. So then maybe like tough. after after parliament, they all go for coffee, but it's only the MPs. Uh, yeah, the MPs yeah. are like, hey, sorry, um, where's the space, lah, bro? <laughs> that that hawker center, no, no space. There's another you table. You all you all sit at the other table. But, uh, <laughs> The kids' table, the kids' utensils on the yeah, side. Yeah. Like very low table, very low seats. <laughs> the cup's yeah. very small. <laughs> yeah. Can you just get a kiddie meal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, your contributions are only 15% of what we contribute. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Please. your copy also 15%. <laughs> 
<laughs> subsidize the solutions, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like I, I mean, this is still going to carry on. Uh, for the next two and a half years, there'll be another term of NMPs. I think it'll be announced later this year. Mm. Um, so so we we'll see how it goes, lah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't I don't want to see it go away or anything. You know, I think yeah. the, the people inside have raised important points over the years, but uh, I I think the system right now is just set up to. To like just even even the compensation itself is, is disincentivizing, if anything, like, for people to want to be NMPs, like. yeah, mm. yeah. And I don't know whether NMPs like you can't become like an NMP NMP influencer or something like that. You know where you vlog your day, like, hey guys, you know yeah. I'm walking to the parliament now. I got my uh, matcha latte here. Um, yeah. and it's really nice weather. And then you go because you can't bring in your cameras to parliament. But then after that, you do a parliamentary recap. Mm. Um, you could be big on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Like, I mean, for all those people who do end up becoming NMPs, um, like there's still the room to voice out. Uh, yeah. and I wish you all all the best. Yeah, that's right. I think they remember there was one time even Sasha said that she was trying to, so she was exploring, she was exploring it or something like that. Right? Oh, she was yeah. speaking to some people. She's speaking to some people and were exploring and they were asking her to, you know, try to be NMP and all. She wants to enter, correct, correct? (laughs) She entered in 2018. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty crazy, yeah? Yeah. Who who next? Like, who, 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 which influencer do you think has the clout to do this? (laughs) Mm. I mean, okay, so in the, in the realm of influencers, uh, recently, there was actually a Japan, Japanese YouTuber MP who was expelled. Mm. Uh, right, because yeah. he never went to parliament. Yeah, yeah. I he was about expelled. That, so. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I think the only MP ever in Japan to uh, uh to be expelled for over seven yeah. months. He never attended a single day of parliament. <laughs> or oh, it's only happened two times. Um, since nineteen fifty, and this is the f- that was the first time an MP was expelled. Uh. So, yeah. <laughs> fuck, man. Um, Damn. yeah, interesting. Crazy. Hmm. I wonder who else. I know who is the next influencer to try. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, it will be, man. Mm. And the rate things oh. are unfolding, maybe Dikosh. Uh. <laughs> possibly. I, I didn't want to bring possibly. up the name, but you did. Yeah. Uh, uh, possibly. Who knows? Who knows? But yes, uh, you know, uh, speaking of uh, being defanged, right? Like, mm. uh, I think our next topic is about. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a dispute between between uh, an events promoter and an events company that has, you know, gone into the realm of like, human rights. The little dispute, commercial dispute, has, has touched on the realm of human rights. And what is this dispute that we're talking about? It is the, um, the recent cancellation of an LGBTQ party uh, that was supposed to be held at Capitol Theatre in May, you know? in mm. May um, and it was cancelled I think last week so so basically yeah, the party event called Slay Harayuku uh, was mm. was cancelled last week and they put something uh, and, and the organisers put something out on Instagram being very like you know apologetic saying regretfully you know they have had to cancel this and last week I remember um, the reason being floated around was because there were complaints from the neighbors. Uh, mm. uh, I think it was, let's see, uh, had uh, alleged that Perennial Holdings, the owner of Capital, had expressed concerns um, about the event to IMC Group Asia, referring to its discomfort with Slay being a gay event. Mm. Um, and apparently, uh, Capital C Theatre, they... They had to take, and I say it, and I quote, take into consideration the views of our immediate and surrounding stakeholders, including the religious community in close vicinity, such as the church and the mosque. Mm. So, so the the word on the street or on online was that it's because it's a gay event, lah. Mm. But then mm. today it came out saying that oh, because it's a electronic dance music event, mm. Mm. Uh, right. not because it's a gay event. So. Mm. So, I mean, it feels like it's a he said, she said thing, but what made you want to talk about this? Uh? Uh, like like what you said, like, it's a he said, she said thing. Uh, I think the initial statement from 
the event organizer, uh, made it seem like it was really uh, a case of discrimination, right? Mm. Against the LGBTQ uh, community because yeah, you know, they 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 were cancelling. Oh, they said that the event was cancelled because they were uncomfortable with a gay a gay event, la. But mm. uh, but it seems like yeah, the the venue or the manager of the venue has come out to say that it's it's not about uh no not about it being LGBT uh, LGBTQ event, but it's because it's an electronic dance music event la, which is a broader thing like right having having any kind of like EDM party you know that there's gonna be uh it's 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 gonna leave the place a little bit messy la, to say the least right yeah. alcohol and drinks and everything uh so yeah it's kind of like uh, okay i get the justification for why why they maybe wanted to cancel it so yeah it's become a bit of a he say she say thing so it's hard to say who's right who's wrong la. but what about you like why are you so interested in this topic eh? i mean because it it feels like uh yeah what what exactly happened it's gonna be hard to know um, because if it really was uh, because of the nature of the event in terms of the themes of the event, like a gay event, then that's mm. fucked up, la, right? Mm. Um, and if it's an EDM thing, also can understand, but I don't mm. know. I don't know because I know Capital Theatre, it is kind of like a, a heritage building. It has that look. Um, but I don't know, eh, like... I, I I can see. I mean, so many different types of events have been held in so many different types of places in Singapore around the world. Uh, I don't think any event organizer would just leave the place in a sh- like a shithole after organizing it, lah. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes like, is that just a a, a cover up for the actual reason, mm-hmm. or is it just a fucking stupid comms? Like, let's say it really was because of the EDM issue, which you can imagine religious buildings having some issue, lah. You know. Mm. But when you put out a statement saying, oh, we have to take into a, a consideration the religious our activities of our neighbours, it immediately feels like it's anti-gay. Mm. 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 But, That's true. But then is it is it a fault of our prejudices and uh, subjectiveness uh, and jumping to conclusions? Who the fuck knows, man? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, I guess it's just one of those things that uh, it's very hard to tell. Right, because I think it's it's very much a unless there's documentation from the from the event organizer themselves, like, right, that they were told that you know they were um, the capital theater owners were uncomfortable with a gay event. Yeah. Unless there's documentation, it, it really is a case of he says she says, and and uh, yeah, people shouldn't shouldn't. I think it's hard to jump to any kind of conclusion about this, so people should hold off as much as possible, like, right? Yeah, but then, but then the thing is, it's happening in May, you know. And anyone who's ever organized an event, no matter how small, even a meetup or with friends, right? Um, it, it's it's a uh, it's ridiculous to have it cancelled like only a month before, lah. Mm. Uh, and I know Slay Slay's rebuttal to the uh, apparent reason of it being an EDM event is like, why is this coming now? We have not changed the nature of the event. Uh, at all. In fact, they've mm. actually held a previous event before um, in at Rumors Bar in Sentosa. Mm. Um, and if you go to their Instagram profile, you can you can get a very good feel of what the event entailed. It's, it's, it really is people dancing and stuff like that. Yeah. So for that reason to come out at last minute, it does feel a bit fishy. Mm. That's true. Mm. Yeah. And then then it becomes like, huh, is it really because of the theme of the event? Then that's fucked up. Yeah. But we'll mm, never know. Mm. It's hard to say, very hard to say. So yeah, I mean, before I, I guess we're basically just saying it's, uh, you know, all a lot of what we're we're saying is all speculation, right? Yeah. Uh, and and just reading just from the announcements from each party, kind of paints different pictures of what's happening. So, yeah, uh, might be something that not to get too riled up by uh, at first glance, uh, yeah, you need to think carefully about about what is ex- exactly going on. Because ultimately, it could just be, it could just could, could just be a largely a business dispute or so, like, right? Between you mean like the neighbors and uh, the neighboring tenants and all? No, 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 no. I'm talking about between the event organizer and the oh. and, uh, and the venue and all that, right? And it's hard to say because we don't know commercial terms and all these things. So it's a yeah tough one, a tough one to break down. 
But I mean, the the landlord did say that it's because they held an EDM event over New Year's, which mm. was uh, we we left the theater in like in in a like very bad condition lah. So that's why they don't want. But it still feels like four months later. Then only you have an issue. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it's, just, it's I don't know. It, maybe it just takes maybe it just takes a long time for them to go through. Uh, and after action review of of what happened over New Year's Eve and how much he spent and all things like that, right? Uh, I guess. But I mean, like, uh, I don't know, it just feels like, hmm. Because, I mean, the, the, uh, a big church is right opposite the uh, capital, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> so, I'm not so sure where the mosque is. Um, mm. Do you know? Mm. Uh, I think maybe on the other side, uh. Near yeah, Armenian Street there or something, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But I mean, the, the event w- would have been indoors, la, right, regardless? Yeah, I guess. Would have been indoors, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking, like, outside what would be happening. Um, mm. Don't know, it's just, it's, just, it's just weird. And the the thing is now, international media has really caught on. And of course, the theme is that it's an anti, anti-LGBTQ agenda. Mm, mm, mm. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Shala. And I mean, apparently they paid the full amount for the venue last month. Um, yeah. Uh, and and I mean, they, like the organizers themselves said that IMC Asia, um, who who operates the, the capital, called them to say that, no, IMC Asia called them to tell them that the perennial holdings who op- who uh, owns uh, capital, they were uncomfortable with Slay being a gay event. La. But mm. we'll never know the truth. We'll never know. Yeah, but I mean the the New Year's Eve party, uh, is a very uh interestingly named. Don't let Daddy know. Uh, that's the name of the New Year's Eve party <laughs> in twenty twenty two. Yeah, so is it sounds very naughty already, lah. Sounds very naughty. Yeah. So, Don't let Daddy know. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the EDM festival. Don't let Daddy know. And I think it's if I'm not wrong, it's it's from overseas, and then uh, and then they brought a version to Singapore, lah. Don't let daddy know Singapore. Don't took let place at, daddy know. Yeah, took place at, uh, yeah, 31st December 2022 at Singapore Expo Hall 3. And uh, some of the acts were, yeah. Included. No, it took place at Capital Theatre lah. No, 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 no. Oh, Capital Theatre. Is it? Yeah lah. No, I'm talking about the, the event organizer, the event organizer. The party that they, the event organizer, the last event that they organized in Singapore lah. Yeah. Uh, which was where? Don't uh, let daddy know happened at Capital Theatre 31st oh, December 2022. Yeah, that is I that see. is the EDM festival that, oh, that, that apparently left. Festival. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's this. Also, it's, because the I think the initial announcements was were that it was supposed to happen at Expo. But oh, I guess then it changed. changed, uh, to, changed. Yeah, it changed to Don't Capital let daddy Theater. know. <laughs> yeah. So really, <laughs> okay, well, I already got very naughty things going on. Naughty, naughty festivals going on at the Capital Theatre before that already. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let daddy know. Yeah. Oh, love it. That Sounds is interesting. Uh. But that was too much. Uh, la. That was too much. They have to let daddy know. <laughs> they have to yeah. let daddy know. And now daddy said no. Daddy said no. See, you don't let daddy know, right? Then yeah. daddy find out, daddy say no. Daddy says no. Yeah. Get out. Daddy said no, man. A big yeah. no. Daddy said oh, no. Love it. But now, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, the event still happens somewhere else. Uh, I mean, mm. maybe there are events out there that are like, yo, man, uh, we, if we can come in Happy and rescue host, the yeah. event, that would be, that'll be yeah. cool, man. Yeah. That would be cool. Hopefully. Free PR. Yeah. But uh, cool. Cool, so man. That's another dispute that's out there. But speaking of more happier things, uh, what's your mm. one-shot comment? Uh, my one-shot comment... Uh, wait, you want to you wanna go first? Uh... Let me just put it. my internet is kind of wonky, but let me put mm. it up on my phone. Uh, I think okay, yeah, so I, I was I, just I, someone I, talking uh, about okay. the the recent podcast with uh, that we did with Joe Tan that we released last yeah. week. Um, uh, you know, I think it was a pretty interesting podcast for us. We we I quite enjoyed um being part of it and and really talking to Joe Tan. I think that was the first time we really talked to Joe Tan, like you know, uh, for a long. A long period, like, even though we've we've worked with her quite a bit and all that, right? 
So mm. I think some people concur and some people, I mean, Jungle Jimbo came for and said he really enjoyed this episode. Really hopes that, uh, you know, he can, he can see, have a do a part two, perhaps with Joe Tan again. Uh, even the original good one then responded. I second that. I must confess I never heard of Joe Tan before, but this was a really good episode. And Joe connects with us really well. She's self-aware enough to make really incisive points, even as she hems it up with her DJ voice, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so very clearly, I think uh, Joe Tan resonated with a lot of people who listen to this podcast. So yeah, hopefully we'll get Joe Tan on again at some point. Uh, yeah. Mm, that's cool, that's cool. Um, like, uh, there was a... There was one pers- uh, one comment on the most recent podcast we did about the Charles and Keith girl uh, coming clean about, mm. you know, their her financial... Uh, her family's financial background and all. And original good one... Uh, commented saying that you know they didn't want to dig too deeply, but um, just wanted to share a podcast that they had listened to uh, regarding the discussion on whether poor people should buy luxury items. Um, and apparently, there's a lot of literature on this, and the gener- general answer is that oh, like uh, why not? You know, why not? And um, mm. I think I think the like they said that the one popular song by so the article kind of talks about how the program there was a program first. Uh, uh, like in the US called an earned income tax credit it took about 60 billion from wealthy Americans and gave it to the working poor um, okay. and apparently it's been done by every president from Ob- uh, Ronald Reagan all the way to Obama mm. Mm. Um, and I mean there is there is a lot of happening and it's, it's not the most controversial it's like no strings attached and the examples that this article quotes was like yeah you know when people get the money like people who couldn't afford to bring their kids to Disneyland ended up bringing their kids to Disneyland so mm. it's almost like you can imagine if people saying, huh, we give you this money, you go fucking Disneyland for what? Why cannot buy more bread or food? Mm. But you can't take away the benefits that those sort of like softer things um, um, give. La. So I thought yeah, that's uh, interesting. It's like a f- few, it's not really a podcast, it's just a short article. So mm. interesting I perspective. See. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, your one short thing. Uh yeah, my one shock thing is uh, I think it's a YouTuber. Uh, mm. uh I believe she's a Chinese uh, Chinese uh, citizen living in Singapore, and but she's on YouTube and she YouTube's uh in Mandarin. And mm. I think her name is Nini Jiang. So uh yeah, uh, we'll put a link up there later. But she's been doing. She's been going to this. It's quite interesting because she started off like, you know, just as a, I think just doing content creation as for fun. And eventually she actually, I think she actually left the job to do YouTube full-time. Uh, now she's built up quite a following, you know, almost 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. Mm. Um, but, uh, and I've also seen her content evolve from just like very basic stuff about vlogs, about living in Singapore. And now she does like, she's very big into cycling. Uh, so so anyone who says I hate cyclists, that's not true, like, right? So mm. actually, she actually wrote, uh vlogs a lot about doing cycling trips across Singapore in Malaysia. Uh, but one one series of videos that that she did recently that I thought were really interesting was she actually went on a biking trip to Jeju in South Korea. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, so she she actually uh, it seems like she she went solo. And she's been she's been vlogging and and just traveling for like you know uh, almost two weeks lah, right? Um, and on and she brought her her own Brompton bicycle there, and she's been cycling there. So she's been doing it uh, on a budget as well, like, right? Trying to you know stay in in hostels and things like that. So it's it's quite interesting because she talks about the you know the cost of things in Korea relative to Singapore. Does she speaking as someone who's not from Singapore? But she mm. li- she lives in Singapore enough to know how expensive it is to live here, and then then she she compares the cost of things in Korea as well. So just interesting perspective about uh yeah the cost of living in Singapore and 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 the kinds of things that people who are not from Singapore think about life in Singapore la. Yeah, mm. so do check out her YouTube channel. Well, and how do you chance upon her? I think y- just y- yeah year year or two ago, I I do notice these sometimes these up and coming content creators based in Singapore. And I, I was like, okay, quite interesting perspective lah, of a Chinese student or, you know, young Chinese person living in Singapore. And I've just been following and I've just been seeing her content evolve over time as well. So it's quite interesting. Lah, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. 
Yeah. Um, How about you? Yeah. For me, it is the news that um, Manchester United is in the FA Cup final, is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Man City now is scary, man. I'm worried for Man U. Yeah. And um, Arsenal. Also. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Arsenal and Arsenal. Yeah. But uh, it was a news that um, there was this Spanish athlete who's like in, I think, her 50s or something. She okay. spent, uh, as part of an experiment on um, how extreme isolation affects people, she spent 500 days alone in a cave. Oh, wow. Um, totally disconnected. So no, no internet, no nothing. And it was part of a, um, a research effort to help scientists understand yeah, the effects of extreme isolation. So she came out on April 12th, sorry, not April 12th. Uh, and she actually thought that it was a lot less than 500 days. It was like 100, 160 or 170 days. This is she, then, was counting, she, she was counting wrongly? No. So, so basically what the hypothesis or what the researchers say that They've noticed this amongst anyone who spends a lot of time in extreme isolation. You lose track of time. Mm. Uh, it happens mm. to prisoners, especially when you can't see the sun. Yeah. So, so for her, um, she, wo- she wasn't really counting, but uh, ultimately she just um, followed her, uh, her circadian rhythm, I guess, when she's mm. hungry, when she feels sleepy. And over time, that, that took charge like, because she couldn't tell when was day, when was night, right? Uh, uh, so she, really was, going, she didn't yeah. see the sun or so. La. Yeah, she didn't see the sun. Oh, wow. It was just 500 days um, um, uh, of, of that. And uh, I don't know whether she went in without a watch or anything, but mm. she just kept busy by exercising, by reading, by... Um, I think she had food. I haven't looked at the the full detail research and all, but it was, yeah, that research was quite interesting. And the main takeaway is like how fluid time is la, to them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because she said she has no idea what happened in the world for 500 days. Wow. So when she comes out, she's still in like November 2021. Wow. Which sounds so ridiculous, right? Can you imagine like, after a week of not reading news, uh, it's like, hey, shit, oh, this happened or that happened? This is 500 days now. Uh, so she's an extreme athlete. Nah. Yeah, she's a mountaineer. She's a, she's a, a mountain, rock climber, mount, mountaineer. So, interesting. Uh, like, mm-hmm. interesting. And, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I would, I, I mean, wouldn't say I would, like, just, I would love to be a part of it, but to me, that kind of stuff is fucking interesting, man. Yeah. And I, I mean, could, I'd I, love to find out how she, like, what, like, how she got funding to do it and all that, like. Yeah, or, I did. Or it's just part of a book or something, yeah. They probably asked for a volunteer. Most people say, like, uh, fuck no, and she's like, fuck yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, part of a book, part of a research effort, and, I mean, it's just, it's just so unique an experience. Uh, yeah. And it could be very useful research, right? Like, you think about all the missions being planned to Mars and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so silence yeah. silence for a year and a half. That's insane. Yeah, a year and a half. year and a half. Wow. So, interesting, like, interesting. Interesting. Cool, cool man. Wow. That, cool. Was a, that was a very uh, muted start to the week. But <laughs> yeah, that's no Monday. heated arguments that made the podcast excruciating to listen to, uh. Yeah, nothing yet, nothing yet. Nothing Hopefully yet, nothing later yet. in the week. Yeah. yeah. Cool. cool. All right, man. Thanks for listening, everybody.